You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. It's good to be here, first of all. It's always an honor to to be in this wonderful church. You have no idea the quality of leaders that you have. Um, if you're new here, you can't find any better leaders anywhere else in the world. They're really good, very good. Uh, I said she's, she's talked a little bit about where we come from and what we've done. I was gonna talk to you about that along through the sermon, I think. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's always an honor to come. My wife is here with me, and uh, uh, my wife of forty-five years. She goes with me nearly everywhere I go. Uh, we've been to thirty-four nations, preached the gospel, and uh, I've recently uh, let go of my church. The Lord spoke to me to do it. It took about uh, the Lord started speaking to me about three years ago. I talked to uh, doc, uh, Dr. John about it quite a bit, and then he he and I concurred and just praying about it. I was going to do it last September, and the Lord checked me, and I, I, I didn't. And so we I released the church to a younger man, my son, which has made it an extension campus. And he said, well, we're going to go video, Dad. And they said, well, video won't work. I said, the Spirit of God told me video will work, that God will do this. We're at the right place at the right time. And uh, they went in, shut the church down. I finished my last sermon August 5th. They totally shut it down. Started it back September 30th. I never could break 400. Couldn't do it. Their first service, they had 631 people come to church. 33 people got saved. First service. I obeyed God, they obeyed God. And that's what we do. Sometimes we don't understand where we're at, we don't understand what God's doing, but yet we just obey. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, that was the hardest transition I've ever had. God healed me of congestive heart failure, and I had more emotional trauma from that transition than anything I've ever done. I lost my identity, forgot who I was, Walked around, didn't know where to fit, what to do. Called to the world, didn't have a world to go to. It just got, it got, it got very dark there for a long time. I didn't have anybody really to tell me. I passed, reached out to, to John, and, because he's my friend, I'm gonna call him John. If I call him John, it's not a disrespect, he's just my best friend, he's my stupid best friend, but I can't help him. <laughs> and uh, he calls me his stupid friend, so we're that good of friends. Now, as in, in this kind of setting, we are doctor and all that. But transitions are difficult. And, and if someone says they're not, then they've never been through a real transition. And you will be in a transition somewhere in your life. And when you have your identity wrapped around what you do and you lose what you do, then guess what? Christ, who is our life, is revealed. When he's revealed, we shall be like him in glory. He's our identity. That's really well said. But honestly, when you let go of certain things like that, it's very difficult. And I'm in a place where we're believing God for great things. I have my son's taking care of me financially, but I need to raise money to go to the world. Amen. I'm willing to go, ready to go, and let's do this. Let's go to the world and preach the gospel. I, last year we were in, help me here, this year. This year we were in Albania. Northern Italy, Spain, Macedonia. No, no, that's too. That's too quick. <laughs> El Salvador, Cuba, Bolivia. Is there anything else? That's it. That's it. And and so the world needs the gospel. Uh, my friend says, "I'll have the world come to me." I says. I want to go to the world. 
I love going, and I don't like going without my wife. Normally she goes with me. I go to Africa without her to Ghana because it's like going home. We've been going there since 2002. We have a Christ the Nation affiliated school there that we've raised up. Originally when I went, went over, I guess in 2002, my son, my African son, I don't have an African wife, my spiritual son, <laughs> he, he was going to a Christ the Nation affiliated school there and that the, the director of the school was murdered in Nigeria, and so the school died. And now then, all these years later, that student, we raised up another Christ the Nation affiliated school, and I'll be going over there, and we'll be graduating students, and I do it every year in October. All right. Now, if you're visiting, <clears throat> please come back. Because I'm going to talk to a mature church. Is that okay? Yes. Yeah. I had two or three say okay, and some, some people can lock the doors. Will you please? Uh, we we want to see miracles in our church. Is that right? Yes. Do you? All right. Now I go to the world. Uh, we're in the Western culture. There's a lot of things in the Western culture that we don't understand that the that the Eastern culture understands. And one of those is honor. We don't understand honor. We really don't. Our, 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 our women, Texas, Oklahoma women, listen, they'll agree with you. They'll submit to you as long as they agree with you. But once, well, but once she got a different opinion, sometimes she's going to go, no, 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 we're not doing it that way. And the Bible says submit. Right? The Bible says love your husbands. Uh, you know, we're to love our wives, but the Bible says wives suspect their husband. Now you throw out that, you go home and try to throw that at your wife, and all she's going to do is pick up something and throw at you. <laughs> because it's something that we do as an attitude of heart. You can't make someone submit. Jesus is the one that helps us submit. Amen. He's the one that does it. Now, all right, are you ready? Amen. Now I've got liberty here, so here we go. Everybody with me? Yeah. Yeah. Is everybody with me? Yes. All right. Mark 6, verse 1 through 6. Then he, being Jesus, went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Joseph, and, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Father, we thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, Father, I ask that your presence would be known. Lord, I'm not here to try to manipulate or make something that is not. I ask that you would minister the spiritual truths to your people that would give us understanding that we would begin to walk in the miraculous in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says here that Jesus could do no mighty work because his neighbors and his own relatives took him casually. They did not know that he was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They did not understand the gift of God that was in him. Didn't know that miracle working power was in him. The Bible says he could do no miracles among them. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, could do no, no, no miracles. The Jesus in other places, he raised the dead. He cast out demons. He walked on water. He calmed storms and seas. But those who knew him best took him casually. And because they took him casually, he could do, do no miracles. Again, just to clarify, the scripture says, doesn't say he did not. It says he could not. The point I'm making, Jesus is restrained in his power because the casual attitude in the people who personally knew him produced unbelief. 
and they were offended at him because of the wisdom and the mighty works that he did there. And he did it only small amounts. Low expectations and a casual attitude about your spiritual leader will hinder miracles. Yeah. Today, I want to honor Pastor Ann Holler. Sandy and I have known Pastor Ann and Dr. John 42 years, and they're our best friends. We have done life together. We've been with them on the mountaintop. We've walked with them through the low places, and they've walked the same way with us. We've, we've been through situations and problems and difficulties that's none of your business. And you won't know it from me and the things that I've walked through, you won't find out from them. You need friends like that. You need friends like that. That will love you at the lowest point of your life and, and correct you at the highest point of your life. You need people like that. These, this couple is some of the finest people I know. And their integrity and character are sterling. God has deposited wisdom and wealth in them. And Ann Holler, Holler is just like a fine wine. She just gets better and better every year she lives. Yeah. I always get asked. I come back. I talk about the miracles that happen where I go all over the world. Bolivia. 17-year-old boy walks over and prays for a child, a kid that's blind. He's with us. 17-year-old reaches over and lays hand on the kid, and the boy opens his eyes and sees. See lame, run, deaf, hear. See all kinds of things break out. So why doesn't it happen in America? The reason why Jesus says a prophet has no honor in his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. God has given gifts to the church. Your gift is Pastor Ann. God has gifted and anointed her for you. The anointing flows through apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers so they can equip us with the Word of God so we can do the work of the ministry. They edify us, build us up, encourage us to love one another. Pastor Ann wants you to be equipped with God's words so you can do the work of the ministry. And perhaps the reason you aren't experiencing the miracles in your life is because you've grown too familiar and you take the gift of God in her casually. God is depositing this couple and in their leadership team anointing and wisdom. All you have to do is be expectant. Put a demand on the gift of God in this wonderful woman of God. Jesus did mighty miracles everywhere. He did it everywhere but Nazareth, hometown. We're from Oklahoma, hometown. Those who knew him best had the attitude, I know Jesus, the carpenter. He remodeled our kitchen. He was our neighbor. We went to synagogue with him. Some little mama said, I changed his diapers. Who does he think he is? Everybody knows nothing good comes out of Nazareth. Nothing good comes out of Durant, some people would say. Not you, of course. Durant's a beautiful place. I love it. Jesus operated on a minimum power with those who attempted to keep him humble, and they were offended at him. My sister, who's now gone to heaven, loved me. And I preached her funeral. She went to a cowboy church. I'm not a cowboy. Thank God for the rain. And, and the beauty of it is, is that when she... Thank you, Jesus. We'll, we'll take that as a sign from heaven. But... The beauty of it is, is that what I was talking to him. I said, my sister would just blatantly at times look at me and call me a name. And it wasn't a nice name that I can report, repeat in church. <laughs> Do you have relatives like that that will just call you any old name? And I'm a pastor, got my doctorate. I'm sitting there with my redneck sister. 
She thinks dressing up has got a Betty Boop shirt on, jeans, and tennis shoes. She's dressed up. Love her. And I'm from that culture. And she, she called me names. You know, this particular thing, I, I, I got up and I started preaching at her funeral. I, says, I said, yeah, I said, my sister, she called me. She called me a cheap blankety blank. And I said, uh, I said, my sister, she just called me whatever she wanted. This little, of course, here I am. I'm at the head of my sister's casket. I mean, I am sorrowful. And this woman walks up to me, and she says, your sister loved you, and she wanted to know right now that you're not a cheap blankety-blank. <laughs> uh, at that time, I started laughing. I mean, uh, they heard me laughing all over the place because, you know, you got grief and all that, and the next thing you know, you start laughing. But I'll tell you something about it. She could talk about me, but you, t- you talk about me? Yeah, wouldn't work, wouldn't work. You know, the truth is, is that we, we, have, a, we have to be able to understand what honor is. Honor is, begins to disappear from our culture. And some people refuse to expect anything miraculous from their pastors, and they wonder why they don't receive any miracle breakthrough. This church has done something that most churches won't do. You have a woman for a pastor. I found that there's two kinds of people who don't like, don't like women preachers. Jealous women and insecure men. That's the two kinds. And you know, for some, it's difficult to receive ministry from a woman. Now, can I be honest with you? I was pastor. My wife would say, you need to call Bill. I, said, I don't want to call Bill. You need to call Bill. I don't want to call Bill. Something's up with Bill. I don't want to call Bill. You call Bill. I'm a woman. I'm not going to call Bill. You call Bill. Don't want to call Bill. She'd be on me. I said, come all right. I'll call Bill. I'll call Bill. Pastor, how'd you know to call me? I said, the Holy Spirit talked to me. Holy Spirit talked to me. Hey, you guys, you just sit around and you laugh at me because you know your wife does you the same way. And then you go to finally do what she does, tells you to do, and lo and behold. See, the truth is, my, pa- my wife pastored the church through me. Now, she did it on her own, too, but ultimately she was always helping me, guiding me, because I'm not emotionally connected. Now, I'm telling you what, she will cry with you more than I ever would. I said, hey, get over it in Jesus' name. Now, get out of here. I've got bum busy. i got things to do. The truth is, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit talks to your pastor about you. She's far more interested in your problems than, than, than I would be. <laughs> I look at her, we'll, we'll be off somewhere. Next thing you know, she's got that phone. Oh, yes, in Jesus' name, I pray for you. Yes, in Jesus' name, be healed. In Jesus' name, I said, turn that dang thing off. I said, I'm with you, I'm more important than you. She said, I pastor the church. I said, you need to be here with me now. Shut that thing off. She won't do it. Why? You're important to her. You're important to her. Amen. So the truth is, is that so often people say, well, you know, a woman shouldn't have authority over a man. <laughs> yeah, if you want spirit, listen, I can, I can debunk that spirit. I can go through the Word of God and fix that for you. But yeah, how many guys here say, well, I'm the head, and everyone knows that your wife's the neck, and she turns you whichever way you, she wants to. How many, wants, how many wants a pastor that's not submitted? No one wants a pastor that's not submitted to spiritual authority, right? Truth is, if, as long as someone is submitted to spiritual authority, you can trust them. This lady submitted. That's why she walks in such authority. We have an opportunity to put a demand on the anointing of God that's on her life. And she, when she ministers, she makes, when she makes decisions or when she brings correction. She does it because she walks in delegated authority. That means that she's submitted. That means the, that she's submitted to the board. She's submitted to the, to the apostle of the house, Pastor John. And she, so she understands that she functions in a woman that is under authority. You don't have authority unless you're under authority. So we see that she, there is not any reason why she can't flow the anointing of the Spirit of God for you. Put a demand on her life. Honor what God has done in her life. Look at her children. Look at her grandkids. Everyone's in the ministry. 
Oh, they just did that by luck. No, they didn't. I watched this work my own life. I went to India, and uh, my children asked me to go. My son-in-law and daughter said, we should go to India with us, so I went. And they were already supporting a ministry over there. And this man, uh, he, he, he began to, I, I didn't really trust him much, but they'd been giving him money through the years. And I looked at him and I said, uh, I was telling Greg about this earlier, I said, so this guy, he was trying to control me, where I was going to speak, what I was going to do, all the above. I said, son, just ask him one thing. Ask him where he submitted. Ask him who his pastor is. And when he did that, he got so angry at my son-in-law. My son-in-law is Mr. Grace. He, you can't, he, don't, he looks like he's never been angry in his life. He just that laid back. And then this guy looked at me and he says, we don't need, he says, all we need from America is their money and their technology. We can read our own Bible. And I was supposed to be there imparting to him. He had an orphanage with no children in it. They were all visiting relatives when we were there. His own wife pulled my daughter aside and says, please don't give him any more money. The truth is, is that honor is something that we need. It's, it's something that when I, and then I left that organization and then I found myself, I think it was in El Salvador. I walked in and, and they honored me. They took care of me. They, they did the best they could, you know, doing the excellent spirit of excellence, doing the best you can with what you've got. And when someone puts their best foot, they were honoring me. The spirit of God fell. We had tremendous services. God did great things. Why? What was the difference between the two? In India, a few people got healed. Did no real things happened. And I'll go to El Salvador and all kinds of things break loose. I pastored for decades, and there are people who take the gift in me very seriously. And God has used me to speak to them according to their lives, their families, and their, and their lives have been traumatically changed. And then there's some people that can't understand why God does nothing for them. Because they have no honor. I'm either, I'm either anointed to some, I'm anointed to some and anointed to others. It's always going to be that way. Some people just don't care. Uh, so I, I know that when we go to the world, we speak, it, it always bewilders me in Latin America what they like. I, I just finished a conference in Latin America where 10 nations of young people came together and I preached to, called why, to, why, why Youth to the Nations there. And, and 10 nations and, and spoke to them. I'm 65 years old and I was the youth speaker. In Latin America, they have this idea. The young people are the strength of the church. The older people are the wisdom of the church. We always want to hear from the wisdom of the church. In America, we're getting to the place where you hit 60, you done. Everybody else is doing it. The psalm, again, what we see is that if, if we don't, I'll put it this way, if you don't honor the gift of God, if you don't honor your pastors, then you won't get a dime's worth of anything from her. Are you still with me? Yeah. All right. Some people act like they're taking notes and they're looking at their Facebook, texting or shopping. <laughs> they're on their phone while their pastor's preaching. And they wonder why God doesn't speak to them. Amen. Some people have thought, you know, some people have I preached, walked out, said their sermon wasn't very good, and other people walked up to me and said, Pastor, that word just changed my life. What's the difference? What's the difference? It's attitude. It's attitude. It's honor. Years ago, before Christian TV and podcast, the pastor the man or the woman of God was for their congregation. They were the only voice in their life. That was it. Today, the local pastor is in lives, lives a life of constant comparison. You that listen to podcasts, 
watch TV evangelist, always comparing. Well, so-and-so said, so-and-so said, who is your man or woman of God? Who are they? Who are they? Now, you can learn from others. You need lots of mentors. Nothing wrong with that. But you need a pastor. You need a pastor. Someone said, well, I send my money to the famous ministry. Great ministry. Does great things. Nothing wrong with it. I send my tithe to that. Okay, well, okay. Tell you what you do. When you get sick, you call them, have them come pray the prayer of faith over you. You have that. See, local pastors will celebrate with you at your birth, at your wedding. They'll cry with you at your funerals and divorces. They'll celebrate with you in all matter of things. They believe the best about you. They pray for you. Pastors give you the luxury to fail. And when you do, they're there to encourage you and see you restored. Having a TV pastor is like having a TV wife or husband. How many want that? It's getting quiet. Honor is to value, to place value. You value their words, their decisions, their life. If you're a pastor, you still love me? You with me? Yeah. All right. It's going to get better. This is not a spanking. Uh, she's not had one word with me about this at all, okay? This is fresh off the press. I sat down and put this together last night. And if she doesn't like it, then I'll never be back. <laughs> but... But ultimately, this is what I feel like I'm supposed to do. I said, like, well, Pastor Appreciation Day, okay. She said, appreciate anything you want. I went, okay, well, sound like a good thing. Well, okay. all right, here I go. So, all right, here we go. Your pastor told you, God told them, God told us that we are to get together and we're going to pray once a week for a month. Everybody, if you can, come in. I realize there's jobs, people can't come, but if you're off, could you, you could attend. It's inconvenient, yes, but you could come. But you don't, you hit a war. I don't want to go to prayer. I want to stay home and watch TV. I don't want to go to prayer. I got stuff I need to do. Honor is to value. Your pastor said, I heard from God. Let's get together, let's pray. All right? What if your pastor said, God told me we're going to have a prayer meeting on Monday night during football season. And at the end of the four weeks, I'm going to give everyone who came $10,000. How many would show up? Hmm? I love you. People would come early so they would get a good seat. I'm here. I'm here, Pastor Ann. I'm here. Now I have two questions for you. The first is, would you have attended if your pastor asked you to come to the prayer meeting without the promise of money? Don't answer that out loud. The second question is, would you have attended the prayer meeting because the money meant more to you than your pastor's request? You know why there's not any miracles in the church? Because we don't place any value. Yeah. Amen. yeah. If money was your driving motor, motive, you have to discover how little you value your man or woman of God. My wife gives me all kinds of She's always giving me, <clears throat> let me get over here away from her so I can talk. <clears throat> My wife has opinions about things I say, things I do. She, she has sometimes, let me get a little further away so I can feel liberty. Uh, I, I, I get to get any further. Uh, so I, I think I got to get over here. <laughs> so I, I do this, you know, maybe I can come back. So I'll still see her. She's looking at, all right, and now she can't see me. All right. So I do, she always has input in my life. She's always talking to me. She's got a different opinion about some things that I do, right? Yeah. Right. My, our wives are opinionated. But when I use the God told me card, she says, okay, let's do it. Why? Because I don't do that 
unless God told me. I don't do that unless I know that God spoke to me. When I made this decision to turn over our church, our church was flourishing. It was doing good. There would have been a line of pastors that lined up to take our church. We had more, we had plenty of finances. We had everything going. The church was growing. Everything was good. And God says, shut it down. It made no sense. And I said, God told me. And she had to struggle through that because she emotionally was attached. And it was difficult. It was difficult. Truth is that God says you can't serve God and money. Money can't be your motive in regard to <laughs> into your faithfulness in church. I had a lady one time, she wanted to be a preacher. And she came to our church and man, she'd written a book and she wanted, she, she was itchy, she wanted my pulpit. And I just kind of walked around her a little bit, didn't quite trust her much. And one day she she did, you know, she'd been coming, and then she one day she didn't show up. I just she called, I she called me sometimes said, Hey, I didn't know you were at church. Sunday says, Yeah, I didn't feel like coming. Tell you the truth, Pastor, I just lazy. I slept in. I said, Well, would you have gotten up and been here if you were preaching? Well, well, yes. I said, then your 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 motives are wrong. You don't understand church. Because you think church is about you where you speak. See, you think if you don't come to church that you're that you're that you're not missed. Yes, you are. You're missed. Well, I'm no I'm a nobody. Nobody knows me. When you come, you're important. Amen. You are important. It's important you come to church. And those that are not here today. Yeah, I realize you've got obligations. It's not a legalistic requirement. I have to be in church or I'll go to hell. No, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is, is that you have, have a responsibility to come to help build the work of God in this city. God wants to use us. I, uh, I leave for Africa on Monday. I've been going there since, again like since 2002. They understand honor. Africans are, we don't even understand it. I go, I, I'm with my son, my African son. And I, I 2002 to about 2010, I, I support him, help him financially. I walk into Ghana, West Africa by myself to meet a young man that I've never met before because God was in it. And I, I, I had, and when I got there, God made it very apparent that it, He was in it. I, I don't want to go into. Listen, it's a miracle story. I need to write a book about it. But, but I, from 2002 to two, about 2010, I supported him. Then one day I looked at him and said, "Son, I'm never going to send you another dime. There's enough money in Ghana to build the work of God. I've taught you faith. I've taught you giving, receiving. It's now for you time for you to, to learn to do this." I walked into Ghana about a little while later, and I walked out, outside. And I said, son? He says, yes, sir. I said, over here, you're going to build a new office. And it's going to be a library and office. And I said, over here. And I drew it out on my foot. I said, you're going to build, you're going to build a, a youth center and a children's church area. And I said, and over here. This is the gospel truth. I brought it out and said, you're going to, bought, you're going to do new restrooms because your restrooms are, are not adequate. When I got there in 2002, there was one person who had one church in that entire congregation. Yeah, one car. Yeah, sorry. One person had one car in the entire congregation. And, the, and they, they, and so they used it. One time I got there and I had to buy tires or they're going to kill us. So go down by four new tires or you're going to kill us, son. We broke down so far away from, from Accra that, I mean, it was a miracle that we were able to get back. I, we've been there, done all that, but I, I've supported him all that time. He's built every one of those buildings, paid cash for them, every one of them. Now, that's good, yes. Why? Because God spoke to him. Build those buildings. I didn't understand that when I did it. 
as a Western culture that I from, I'm from, hey, this is a good this is a good idea. I had no idea. He received that as a prophetic word, and God said, "Do it," and I did it. About four years ago, he pulled me in. Boy, that was making eighteen dollars a month, starving. Didn't know anything. Now he's an author, raised three people from the dead, travels all over the world, preached the gospel. And he told me, he says, Dad, from now on, the Lord has spoke to me. The Father will no longer provide for the Son. The Son will provide for the Father. And he, before his elders, gave me 36 $100 bills. U.S., Now I'm going. They provide for my hotel. They provide for everything I'm there while I'm there, and they'll give me another check. What, what did he do? I said, when he gave me that $3,600, I was going to go to Venezuela like the next, in two weeks. He says, we're going to, I said, son, you're helping send me. Africa is sending me to Venezuela. See how God is? And it was all because of something called Honor. Honor. Listen to this in Hebrews 13, 17 in the Passion Translation. Obey your spiritual leaders and recognize their authority, for they keep watch over your soul without resting, since they will give an account to God for their work. So it will be benefit you when you make their work a pleasure and not a heavy burden. This is God's instructions for you. Obey your church leaders. So you show up for prayer for money if it's offered to you, but you won't show up if your pastor asks you to come. How about special meetings, special offerings? You find yourself resisting. What is it? What is it? Come on, my church family. I'm talking to you. What is it? Is it something? Is it a rebellion in us as a Western culture? Is it something in us that wants us to resist? Well, I'm not going to give. I always want my money. No, it says give with the right heart. You got to give with an attitude. It's right. No one wants to manipulate. Matter of fact, if you don't want to give, keep your money. But God's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. So often we honor with our lips, but not in obedience. Obedience will bring breakthrough. This is one of those sermons that I'm telling you everybody wants to shout and run with. Obedience in the little things give you your greatest miracle. We want God to do big things in our life, yet when we go to church, we take our time. I have started my services my first service, I had ran two services. I started my first service, I wondered, I would not turn around and look. Because when I walked in, five people in the congregation. Worship team's here, everyone else is in place, five people in church. Along about the end of the worship, I turned around, everybody's there. I went, great. Oh, somebody showed up. Uh, we want God to do great things in our life. How many here show up late for work? How many late show up late for school? <clears throat> How many show up late for a movie? We gotta hurry. Come on, we're gonna be late. Ah, so big deal. We we miss praise and worship. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. Is that an honor? Or is that a casual attitude? Amen. What you sow, you reap. Now then. You ready for the good part? Good. Because we're getting better. What you sow, you reap. If you honor, guess what you get? Honor. Honor. I'm going to help you in a major way. Why? Because we want to see miracles in our church. 
That's what we want. We'll see miracles in our own life. Yeah. Second reason you don't see miracles in your life is because you dishonor yourself. God's placed gifts in you. He saved you. God has a plan for your life. But you believe in the lies of the devil and you're robbed of abundant life. You've lost sight of what God has done in your life. I used to feel so uncomfortable when people would honor me. I, I downplayed it. I made casual remarks about it. I, 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 people would begin to try to brag on Jesus in me. And then God showed me when I have a casual attitude about the miracles Jesus did in me, it's a dishonor. You can do nobody work. Jesus can do nobody work in us because we don't believe Jesus will do any miracles in our life. Gosh, that's good. I'm going to say it again. Jesus can do nobody works in us because we don't believe Jesus will do any miracles in our life. We're just like the people of Nazareth. Jesus is here, and sometimes we get busy texting. I found myself one day, I was sitting in a staff meeting. What was I doing? I was shopping at Amazon. <laughs> I was too busy, man. I said, come on, you guys have bored me. I'm off to something else. I'm as guilty as everyone. Sometimes I oh, I'm in a meeting. These guys up there preaching. I've heard this before. Just play a game. We here? Church takes Jesus' presence casually. And we wonder why we don't see miracles. The truth is, Jesus is here. The Holy Spirit's here. Heaven is here. Angels are here. But so often we dishonor the great things that God has done in our lives. We get covered up with the, with the reality of our, of our situation now, and we forget about the great things that God did in our past. We stare at our inconsistencies. We stare at our weaknesses, our inabilities, and, 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 our, and then our works, the things that we do, we feel disqualified. I allow my inconsistency to disqualify me. And if I, I begin to take the work that Jesus has, has done in my life, I take it casually. And ultimately I find that Jesus can do no mighty work in my life because I'm dishonoring him. Jesus is here. Yeah, whatever. My pain's still here. If he's here, then how come I'm still in pain? Where is Jesus? Where, where is the Holy Spirit? Where is the Word of God in you? Do you honor the gift in you? Do you call yourself stupid? Do you call your mate stupid? Do you call your children stupid? And you dishonor yourself? Hey Amen. When you look at yourself, do you see what God has done in you? Or do you dishonor? See, the truth is, is that Everyone, every woman wants a prince charming, but she don't want to kiss the toad. So you're so you married a stupid man. Don't call him stupid, call him smart. Call those things which are not as though they are. If you're you know your wife, you married an ugly woman. Hey, you got someone that loves you. Call her beautiful. She will change in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. We don't want to nullify the promises of God. John 15, 16 says this. You know, these, do they get this pretty quick? Or do I just need to go? John 15, 16. I'm going to do this for time. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Jesus is talking to us. Amen. Philippians 1, 6. Saying, be confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. You honor, you honor, you show value to the, the spiritual leadership and you suddenly realize, that, hey, I'm valuable too. God honors me. When I'm preaching and someone honors the gift of God in me, they begin to draw something out of me that is for them. I don't understand it, but it works. 
We begin to, to see miracles break out and we step into the supernatural. Why do we honor? The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 2 through 3, it says this, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Amen. Praise God. Honor your mom and dad, and you'll live a long life. We'd love to tell, teach that in children's church. Don't show, teach it much in adult church because we all want to slap some of our parents. The Bible says, let's put it this way, properly translated, honor your father and mother that you may be prosperous and live a long, blessed life. It doesn't say honor your parents if they're perfect parents. They never did anything wrong. You can honor them. Honor is a command with a promise. Now then, listen to this. It's time to look at it what? The way God has said it. God has not, God's done something in us. What we do, we honor each other and the gifts in us, our spiritual leaders, even though they're imperfect. Honor within it has power. When, you, when you're born again, you get a new operating system. You're a new creation. The old life is deleted. And when the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. Amen. Everybody free? Amen. Amen. The kingdom of God's in you. It can't be erased. You've been programmed with tremendous potential to live in the supernatural. You have within you the potential to live an abundant life. God has put within you ability to win no matter what the circumstances are. You're more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer. You can, and God, and you, can you honor what God has done in you? Can you honor that kind of promises in you? You, you have been divinely designed to prosper. God has blessed you. He's blessed you with a blessing. Blessings reside within you. God's favor surrounds you. You have within you the potential to fulfill God's destiny for your life. You're designed by God to walk in financial prosperity. Though Jesus was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that you through His poverty might become rich. God has done for you. When you believe, believe it, you honor your heavenly Father. It's your right to be blessed. John 14, 13 says this, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Jesus is saying, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. God, God wants you to honor the Word of God, and when you honor the Word of God and believe what God says about you, no matter what your circumstances are, then guess what? The Father is glorified. Your, your prayer is answered. You have the mind of Christ. Jesus became wisdom for you. It belongs to you. We're in the last days, ladies and gentlemen. We're heading to the greatest adventure the church has ever known. It's time for the, the church to wake up and understand that if we begin to honor the gifts of God that's here among us now, then ultimately honor begins to pour into us. How do we show that? We honor one another. We're, again, we're losing it as a culture. I know teachers that, have, that, that are in elementary schools where children will actually cuss teachers out and there's nothing they can do. It's amazing where honor has gone. We have the ability to hear His voice, to be strategic in our decisions, to be at the right place at the right time. We're designed to hear and understand what the will of the Lord is, to take His Word and let His Word transform our lives. You have potential on the inside of you regardless of your circumstances. Yeah. Begin to understand that there's wisdom in you. God's put, on, put, put within you tremendous potential, and when you begin to honor what God's done in your life, great things happen. Yeah. All the promises of God are yes and amen. The Bible, the Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. In other words, Satan doesn't have a weapon that is powerful enough to take you out. Amen. No weapon formed against you can prosper. No disease, no poverty, no fear. It cannot prosper. I don't care if it's attacking your body. It's a lie. 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 Why? The enemy wants to dishonor the promises of God. They're not true. They don't work in you, work anybody else, not you. You're not that special. 
Why? Dishonor. The main thing that re main reason we have problems is because we fight this dishonor in our minds constantly. Peer pressure. Your children come home from school. They were dishonored in the hallways. I have a 13-year-old granddaughter. She's gone to public school. She's becoming a woman, 13. Young men, 13 young, young not going to call them men, young perverts. <laughs> Saying things, dishonor, dishonor. Why? It's a war. What do we have to do when she comes home? Honor, honor, respect, remind her who she is. Constantly pour into them. Why? Because the enemy's after something. He's after something. What do we do? Find so, so often, if you find if you find yourself being if you got spurt, if you're involved in church, and and any type of leadership, negative things will come up. Certain things, you feel your feelings being negative. Well, Pastor Ann or the leaders, or the elders, or something, you find those those things going on in you. Guess what? It's not God. Yes, it's not God. It's not God. When you begin to entertain a, 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 an accusation against a, a, a spiritual leader, it is not God. I've had to fight this in my own life through a transition and an emotional trauma. Situations happen, things come in my life, and I begin to think negative thoughts about people that made decisions. And I go, no, that's wrong. That's the devil. That's the devil. I'm not going to believe it. I'm going to, I'm going to talk. I'm going to respect. I'm going to honor. I'm going to bless. I'm going to be thankful. Amen. Amen. I'm about done. The Bible says this. Honor the Lord in Proverbs 3.9. It says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new vine or new wine. Honor the Lord. How do we honor the Lord? With your possessions, tithes and offerings. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. We never have a problem with that. And then listen to this in 1 Timothy 5.17 in the Passion Translation. The pastors, the pastors who lead the church well should be paid well they should receive double honor for faithfully preaching and teaching the revelation of the Word of God. Double honor. Why? Why? Why does God put something like that? Doesn't He know that men and women can become corrupt with money? Why would God say such a thing? Because God says, if you will honor, I will honor you. Now, the beauty is, I'm not going to receive an offering. Isn't that good news? Because I don't want to manipulate. But pastor appreciation isn't the month of October. Pastor appreciation is all the time. And when this, listen, when the Spirit of God tells you, hey, you need to give this, do this, and whether it be money, whether it be a prayer, whether it be just, you just said, whatever it may be, God says, give that, do that. Don't bind the devil. Submit. Because God's trying to get something to you. He's trying to bless you. And when we begin to honor the leaders that are over our lives, then God begins to release a blessing over our lives. Are you listening? Honor. We want miracles like they, they happen in Africa, Latin America. If that's what we want, then we need to begin to honor. I've got to honor my wife. I honor her mom and dad like they're my own parents. I don't let, if he walks into my house, he doesn't ever pay for anything. The best of I can, unless he takes his cane to me. <laughs> then I'll submit. We need to honor our children. Our children need to honor us. The world's quit honoring. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. 
titles, titles, titles. I don't give a guy a title. Ah, that's all he is. He, just, he puts his pants on just like I am. Even when a certain president was in, was the, the president of the United States, he stood as the president of the United States. I honor where he, that he was the president. I didn't, I didn't necessarily agree with his policies, but he was the president of the United States. We have to honor the gift in the office. Now then, we have a president. We honor the gift in the office. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Now, I hope someday they'll invite me back. Because this is, a, this, is a, this is a message for a very mature church. And if you're, again, if you're here and you're visiting, you need to give this church another, another shot. But folks, I've learned this. If I begin to honor, I honor what God's done in me, that God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. I open up my heart for future miracles in my life. When I honor my wife, my children, God does great things in their life. We need to, we have to be about honor. And we begin to honor our spiritual leaders, then God begins to open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on our lives. It's just, it's, it's amazing what God will give us in revelation knowledge just by the simple thing of honor. Today is, I guess, is an official uh, day in regard to where you we are honoring Pastor Ann. And uh, we very much appreciate her life, appreciate all that she's done. The honor that you give her, it, it can't be, in other words, if I give this, I'm not trying to convince you, it's a spiritual principle. But when you begin to do it, God will begin to bless you in a way that you can hardly imagine. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we understand that honor is, is, uh, is dissipating. Lord, we want to keep it alive in your church. We never want to elevate a man or a woman beyond a position, Lord, and make them God. But Lord, we want to honor the, the gifts in them. We want to honor the faithfulness in their lives. Father, today we ask that your blessing be upon uh, Ann Holler. And God, that you bless her life. Lord, she, she cares for this church and cares for the people in a way that so many don't understand. I've seen it firsthand. It made fun of it, Lord, in a lot of ways. Lord, she's like a sister to me. She, she puts up with the way I deal with her. But God, I thank you for her love and concern for the church. Thank you, Father, for the people of God that becomes aware of the sacrifices that she makes. And Father, I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to undertake, uh, under, uh, undergird her life in a tremendous way, give her revelation knowledge. Lord, we pray, we pray for her today, that, Lord, dear God, that you will bless her in ways that's beyond her wildest dreams. Father, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will flow in her Give her new wisdom and insight and revelation, Father, for the church. Give her the leaders, Lord. Give her the, the, the tools that she can do what she wants to do for you. Beyond everything, she wants to see Jesus Christ glorified. She wants to see people set free. She's laid hands on the sick and she's seen them recover. She's raised people from the dead. God, she's seen great and mighty miracles happen. And Father, today we put a demand on the gift of God in this woman of God. And we, we thank you, Lord, for her gift. We thank you, Lord, and we bless her verbally. We bless her with our lips. But also, Lord, if you deal with us in specific ways, Lord, how can we be a blessing to Ann, Pastor Ann Holler? How can we be a blessing to her? And Lord, we will be obedient to that in Jesus' name. And everyone that agreed with that say, Amen. 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 Well, that was a, that is not a running through the, the, the pews kind of preaching. But I did it for a mature church, and uh, God bless you. Amen. Amen.